Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I am going solo again today. It has been, uh, it's officially the very first day of spring, so congratulations. We made it to spring again, and uh, I hope you are having a great time and looking to do some projects out in the yard and the garden, because today is going to be a great day for it, so we're going to talk about a handful of those things. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm going to go solo again today, uh, but I do have a guest plan for next week. We'll get into that in just a second, but I do want to get the phone numbers out. If you have any questions, anything you're wondering about, wanting to get started and have some questions, uh, I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. I'd love to get a chance to talk to you today and uh, you know, just discuss some of the things that you want to talk about. I've got a few things planned here. Um, I've been getting a lot of questions about aeration and thatching over the last uh, couple weeks. Um, those are two pretty major lawn projects that a lot of people look to do in the spring. So we might get into that. If that's something you're interested in, go ahead and give us a call. Uh, and uh, we have a few other things going on. So today, uh, like I said, I don't have a guest, but I do have next week I have planned. We're going to have Gary Yandel from the Middleton location in studio. He was on just a few months a few months ago. Uh, and he is uh, kind of our, our berry and tree, uh, fruit tree specialist in the company. And so we're going to talk about that because next week we're going to do our first annual berry week at Zamzo's. And that's going to be a really fun event. I'm excited. I've done a lot of work for that uh, on the internet side of things and a lot of printing and stuff. And it's been a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm really happy with what we've uh, come up with and what we've made. And we've been getting a ton of stuff in over the last few uh, just weeks. It's really, everything's just really kicking off. So Barry Week starts next week. We're going to have Gary to talk about some of those things. I'll also have uh, made a, a kind of a pre-recorded sort of class sort of thing that we're going to release next Saturday uh, about some Barry care. So you can look forward to that. I'm really excited to give everybody a chance to watch that one. Um, and, and in the last few weeks, we've also got lots of fruit trees. So that's something we can definitely talk about. A lot of the stores are, I think almost all the stores now have some fruit trees. Uh, I know they have, uh, some berries in as well. A lot of strawberries, a lot of, 
uh, raspberries and blackberries. I've seen some of the plants. They look great. They're really uh, a lot bigger than some of the things we've gotten in the past, and we got a lot more of them. So that's really exciting. We can definitely talk about planting some fruit trees if you're interested in that. And then just uh, looking forward uh, to the next month in April, we'll be doing a weed awareness. We kind of did that last year uh, just for a week, but this this year we're going to do it for an entire month. So we have a ton of stuff planned for that month for April, uh, all pertaining to weeds and talking about getting rid of those pesky weeds and some other things as well, not just uh, getting rid of them uh, through chemicals or uh, you know the, some of the normal ways we do it. Uh, we have some edible weed plans, uh, some things to talk about there. So really excited for a lot of those things coming in. And I hope you are too. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. It is the first day of spring and it has been just a gorgeous week. We did have that heavy rain the other day. I guess that was, was that yesterday? It was yesterday, man. It was, it was, Poured down pretty good, but you know that's good for the lawn. It's good for the trees for them to get a nice soak and get some water in. I noticed my lawn was greening up a little bit uh, this uh, last week as I got to put some lawn food down uh, when we did the class the other day. So uh, the lawns are definitely starting to do their thing, and they're going to be before you know it, they're going to be growing like crazy, and uh, it's going to just be all over the place. So a couple other quick things to just mention uh, that. Uh, are happening right now. We got potatoes in. They came in, I think, on Thursday, and all the stores, I was told all the stores have their potatoes. So I want to talk about potatoes a little bit. They're one of my favorite things to uh, plant. Uh, I like to call them pre-fries because that is what I plan on using mine for. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that I noticed this week happened this week, too, was the forsythia started blooming. So we'll talk about what that means and what we might start doing out in the lawn and garden uh, because the Forsythia blooming's warming up. So looks like we got a phone call from Ross in Boise already. Ross, how's it going? How can we help you? Hey, it's doing, going great. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, I, do, I didn't notice a particular scene, but I thought I'd kick it off with my particular problem. Yeah. Okay. I've got a backyard lawn. It doesn't get a whole lot of sun, but in quite a bit of it, it's just overrun with worms, long worms. They, yeah. I mean, when they come up, they're six inches long. And uh, as much as I like fishing, I don't want to them in my backyard. <laughs> yeah. You know, worms are probably, and I get the, we, I get this question a couple times a year, when worms are just, there's, there's not really a lot to do for them. Um, they, they show up in the lawn, particularly when conditions are good. So it usually means that there's uh, good organic material for them to eat. There's uh, good soil. It's just a, it's, it's a healthy environment for, environment for them. And there aren't any, uh, like control methods for for we uh, for worms. Like in the past, I think they used diazinon. I think diazinon would kill worms, but that's not a, a chemical that can be used anymore. And none of the other chemicals that are out there have any kind of control for earthworms, uh, really of any kind. So there's not really a way to deal with them in those senses. A couple of things you might consider is um, you might try doing an aeration. Because they okay. they are aerating the lawn, but if you do some aeration, I think it's going to uh, decrease their effect when they're coming up and causing those mounds and hills. 
if you do some aeration, yeah. it's not it's going to be less of a an issue. They're not going to know it, you're not going to see it as much. And you can also do some things to help level it out. You know, if they've made a lot of your mounds and things, doing an aeration, you can actually move those plugs around and kind of work it and let them work back into the soil, and that'll kind of level out some of those those issues. The other okay, thing, well, I, oh. I was hoping M80s or something would blow them out. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in the past, uh, some people have—I've uh, never done this before, but I know—I um, I wouldn't even know where to look for it. I'm sure it would just take a, a quick Google search. But some of those, um, I think they're like an electric pro- prod you can put in the soil. Yeah. That's how they would harvest yeah. them. Chase them away. Yeah, yeah. You could try something like that. I, you know, even you might even try. I've never even looked in this either, but it comes to mind that we do have those sonic um, uh, gopher and uh, mole repellents. So it's like a stake that emits a sonic. I, I know them. I know, yeah. Know them well, so yeah. I don't know if that would work for for earthworms. I don't think they have ears. I don't think they hear. Well, I was, was going to say, the problem is you got to turn it up real loud because they've got tiny ears. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> but it, yeah, and it still might cause some sort of resonance that might make it less attractive for them to be around. Um, yeah. But I would, I would kind of go that route, like do some aeration, maybe even some top dressing, do some of those things that's going to make their effect, what they're doing, less apparent to the surface. And they can... Yeah, they... Yeah. Right now, they've got it so bad that, uh, you know, we were out. It was The weather was nice through the day. And the, and the little ones, the grandkids are out there, and they're just tripped and rocking. And they're, yeah. they're looking at me like, what the heck's wrong? Yeah. These legs worked last week. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, the, I'd like to smooth it out. The other thing um, some people will do is actually get a roller. So you can rent, like, a roller uh, from no, Tate's. And it's just a big got steel it. drum. You fill it up with water. And if you yeah. can, it's best if the soil's kind of damp already, but then go over yeah. that with that roller and that can kind of yeah. help mush some things down and kind of level it out a little bit as well. So that's and, another and option what would, to. What what would make a good topper then to kind of smooth out on top of it and also finish it by lawn? Um, compost. compost. Compost would be okay. probably the best one to get that kind of heft or bulk to it. Yeah. I like to use Humagreen because it's a lot easier to apply. Um, you know, cause okay. green, you just put in a spreader, but it doesn't have like that. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, if you think of uh, a yard of compost and a 50 pound bag of green, you're kind of getting the same effect realistically out of both of those things, but you're getting okay. way more bulk from the compost. And so that does yeah. some different things to the overall structure of the soil. And that would be my go-to is particularly in your case, um, yeah. especially if it's shaded. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because a shady well, lawn is always dealing with compaction and kind of you know those roots from the trees and stuff, and so that that compost can really help a lot in those situations. That actually sounds like a great solution because of one other little uh, symptom that I'm realizing from this is what they're doing is they're not only are they rising up and turning the soil, it's, it makes it muddy. The kids go out yeah. and come back in and it's muddy all over it's because it's just dirt. Yeah, you know, almost almost clay like. So mm-hmm. it does appear to need a little uh, a compost. Sounds like a great solution. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and it does great for the lawn too. So you'll be really happy with how the lawn looks after that. Thanks for the call, Ross. We appreciate that. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at two zero eight three three six three seven zero zero or one eight hundred five two nine KBY. This is the Zamzos Garden Show. We'll be right back after a quick break. 
Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, here with my brother Joss. What's this I hear about you loaning your truck to your neighbor? Yeah, they said their little truck may not be big enough to haul the over 25 bags of topsoil they need to expand their garden. Why are they buying 25 bags of topsoil anyway? It's much cheaper and easier to buy it in bulk by the yard. One cubic yard of Zamzo's topsoil only costs $29.99 and is equivalent to 27 individual bags that cost you well over $100. They should call ahead or go to Zamzo's.com for a list of bulk products available at each store. But most Zamzos carry topsoil, certified organic compost, and decorative bark all in bulk. And if they borrow my truck, they can pick it up themselves and avoid the delivery charge. By the way, what are you doing Saturday? I don't know yet. Why do you ask? Well, all this talk of bulk soil reminded me that I need to get some topsoil. Oh no, I just remembered I'm busy that day. Joss, I was only going to ask for your help eating the burgers we're making after my day of yard work. Well, in that case, I seem to have discovered an opening in my schedule. Nobody knows like Samsung's. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670-KBOI. All right, we are back for part two the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, with me today is Tara. <laughs> I don't have a co-host today. We're going solo. We're giving everybody in the stores a break. They got lots of stuff going on in the store, so I uh, just want to make sure that uh, everybody coming in gets enough help. So I am taking over the show and doing it by myself for a few weeks here. I do have Gary Yandel coming up next week because we're going to talk about berry week and taking care of all sorts of different berries and things like that. We can also get into some fruit trees and some lawn stuff. But if you want to have any questions, anything that you're planning on doing or have a question about this first day of spring, we'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We do have Bill in CUNA who's been waiting on the line. Bill, how's it going? How can I help you uh, well, I got a question. Can you hear me okay, or should I pull over? I can. I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, last year, I built some boxes, and I got some topsoil and put it in the topsoil. It seemed like it turned really hard, and a lot of my underground stuff, like carrots and beets, have no depth uh, to them. They just short, stubby nothings because they wouldn't dig down in yeah. the hard soil. And I was wondering what you use because I was thinking, oh, maybe styrofoam little balls or something. But somebody said, well, that doesn't have any nutrients to it. Yeah. Of course, you know, I put compost in it, but it just packed two. Yeah. It's just hard to get that stuff to go into deep into a box. Do you have any suggestions? Yeah. Well, so the first, the first thing is, uh, you always want to add more compost. So I would definitely still add more compost. A lot of your compost kind of breaks down and it loses that nutritional, uh, value over time. So more compost is the first thing you might do the few, there's a few other things you might do. I think realistically, your best bet is just more organic material and it doesn't always have to be just compost. Compost is one element, but you can add things like peat moss. Um, even like, uh, I wouldn't normally do this, but maybe even a little bit of fine, like really fine bark might do it. It's not something I typically recommend for a box, but if you, you know, have it and it's just really getting compacted that, that just some sort of larger organic material will help with that. I think your best bets are going to be like compost, peat moss and some vermiculite or even perlite vermiculite and perlite are, um, perlite's kind of like that white, uh, almost like uh, pumice stone, and vermiculite is actually an expanded rock. It's like superheated. Uh, I don't remember what kind of rock, but it's like a superheated rock that explodes uh, and uh, becomes very light 
and airy. And so adding uh, a couple, uh, even a, a bag or two of that uh, will really help increase that aeration along with your organic material and should help relieve compaction. It's going to take probably, you know, it takes a little bit of time to kind of get that in the right balance. But if you just keep adding some of those things, uh, things like vermiculite and perlite, they never go away. So you add those to the soil, you're going to get immediate relief of compaction, and it's going to last forever. The vermiculite will break down a little bit faster, but perlite will stay there forever. And then oh, you're just increasing. That would be the same thing as like, would that be the same thing as like styrofoam beads? Yeah, you know, it is, but it's not, um, yeah, it's, it kind of does something similar, but it's got more weight to it, and even the styrofoam is going to break down over time and get flattened and it's not going to really this is a rock so that rock is actually going to increase that porosity in the soil long term uh so you're getting a little bit better of effect not to mention uh not to get too sciencey with it the 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 perlite and vermiculite has a a difference in uh, how it interacts with fertilizers your your styrofoam or uh you know something like that it it has basically it's basically inert it has no interaction with the soil your perlite and vermiculite have interaction with the soil where you've got exchange of uh nutrients and water and and more just more uh complexity i guess would probably be a, a good way to say it um yeah i would i yeah go with some perlite and then like like you've been doing you know get that compost in there cuz it's going to be just great for the soil uh, and, and just the nutritional value of the soil, um, but you might even you might even talk to Ross, <laughs> our last caller, and see if you can get some of his earthworms, or you can you know you can buy like the composting worms. Those are another great way to help increase the aeration of the soil. And the composting oh, worms do tremendous got, things to the soil. I've got one of those electronic probes from back in the eighties, do you? Seventies, yeah, I've got one of those. And- they pull them right up to the top. I'll just throw them in my in my box. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You can throw them in your box, and then uh, they'll start doing some work for you. They just got to have something to eat. So you want to have that compost. Add some leaf litter. Um, you know, when you're cleaning up in the fall or even throughout the year, don't add too much of like your grass clippings. You can add some, but you don't want to add a whole lot. But then mixing that in with like some uh, leaves in the fall and and just more more complexity is really what you need. You need that diversity and you'll fix that problem. It'll take a little bit of time, but you'll get there. Okay, great. Thanks. I appreciate it. I hate growing in clay. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what we, we're all kind of dealing with that here in Idaho. We just have lots of clay. And when you buy topsoil, that's what you're buying. The topsoil is just the native stuff we have here, which is usually a lot of clay. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different ways to go about it, but you'll get there. You just gotta just add more organic matter. It's kind of always my, my go-to you'll, and you'll, you'll fix that up. Okay. Well, thanks for the input. Appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the call, Bill. Appreciate that. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. You can give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. We've got a lot of stuff happening in the stores. Uh, this last few weeks and moving forward is it's the first day of spring, which is always exciting. Uh, and I, let, let me get into this. I want to talk, I want to talk about this because, uh, I always like talking about potatoes. They're one of my favorite things to grow in the garden because they're so, they're just so easy and you get so much potato. You get so much yield off of even just a few potatoes. You'll, you'll have more potatoes and you'll know what to do with even after a couple. So I want to get into that a little bit. We got the potatoes in this week. So they got all out to stores. Uh, I think yesterday they finally got them all in and a lot of people have been waiting for them. 
Um, and we we kind of got the the same varieties that we've been getting in, kind of your standbys. We've got your russet potatoes, uh, your red Pontiac, and the Yukon Gold. And they're all a little bit different. So your russet's kind of like your big, what we would call maybe like a baker potato, right? It's going to be something that you're going to use for a baked potato. They get really large. Uh, the Yukon Golds are a smaller potato. They have a very thin skin, uh, and they're very good for like slicing. So if you really like a potato salad, or you like to do, uh, you know, cut potatoes up and fry them, or do something like that, the Yukon's a great one for something like that. And it's so similar to the, to the Pontiac. Again, it has a very thin skin, uh, and it's it's red on the outside, not so red on the inside, but it has a slight tinge of red to it. And uh, lots of different uses for those. So those are the three potatoes that we get in, and they all do really well here. Potatoes um, can be hard to find in Idaho because, uh, like a lot of the things that we grow in Idaho, for us to grow them here, they have to come from here. Similarly, uh, the garlic is like that. You know, that's why it's hard to find garlic at certain times of the year because it has to have been grown in Idaho and certified. Uh, grapes are another one. It's almost impossible to find grapes to purchase in Idaho because it has to be grown here and propagated here to be grown here in Idaho. So those things tend to be difficult. I think hops have gone and gone similarly as that's become a much larger uh, uh, thing for people to be growing in Idaho. So those things tend to be difficult to find. But the potatoes, these three, uh, they do great. They're grown in Idaho. They're certified to be grown here. So they've all got a little stamp of approval from the state, which is fantastic. means that you can grow them here legally. And uh, they do great. So a couple of things you're going to want to do when you get your potatoes. you know, Try to pick some, if you can, that don't have any, uh, any cuts or uh, you know, they're not... Um, they don't have like a big chunk taken out of them. Try to find a good whole potato. And you want to prep your area beforehand. I like to do it at least a couple of days before. And you want to dig your hole pretty deep. I like to go about a foot or a foot and a half down. Uh, so you're, you're going to bury your potatoes fairly deep. Um, but you can dig just a big hole. Last year I did mine in a row. So uh, it was about a foot and a half down. I think I did probably about 12 feet, about a foot and a half down. So it was a pretty good trench. And... Then uh, the night before, the day before you're going to plant your potatoes, cut them up into, I like, you can do, a lot of people will cut them up really fine and try to do as many, you know, get as many eyes as they can off of each piece. I found if you do that, um, at least for me, and I don't know what it is, you know, it's just something about me, I guess. I'm sure some people can do it, but I, you know, tried doing that a few times and I just didn't get uh, the, the yields that I wanted. So I just started going real simple. I just cut them up into fourths. So I just cut them in half both ways and I get four potatoes uh, out of each full potato. So I get four chunks of it out. And with that, you're, you're almost guaranteed to have enough eyes on those potatoes. But you want to try to do it the night before, the, at least the day before, because then what's going to happen is those cut sides are going to give you, uh, they're going to form a callus. So they'll actually form a callus, which will help prevent from rotting and molding and, and, you know, all the bad things that can happen once you put them in the soil. Uh, and if you, and you want to try to limit the number of cuts. That's why I like to do the fours because then you've only got two sides that have been cut. You can even do it in half. You don't even have to do it that small. If you just cut the potato right in half, that's still plenty. Some people will just plant the whole potato. Really not a wrong way to do it. Uh, the, the main thing is you want to try, if you're going to cut them, do it the day before at least. So that way it gets time to form that callus. 
Um, if you've had issues with rotting and things or you do are doing more of those cuts, you might grab some elemental sulfur. Uh, you want the powdered sulfur. Um, usually it's going to be found in like the disease control area of Zamzos. So if you're looking around at disease controls, usually you find that powdered sulfur and uh, you can use that. You're just going to kind of go uh, shake and bake style where you're going to throw potatoes in a bag with a little bit of that sulfur and shake them around a little bit. And again, do that the day before. After you've made those cuts, you'll get that nice callus and that sulfur will kind of help curb some molding and, and, and decomposition. So we'll get into more potato stuff here after the break. If you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. We'll be right back. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and our biggest shipment ever of fruit trees and shrubs has arrived at all 13 Zamzos. Not only do we have a huge selection of trees and shrubs that are ready to go in the ground now, we also have a staff with years of experience to show you how to plant and care for your new tree or shrub so you can enjoy it for many years to come. Among the varieties you can choose from are Honeycrisp and Multifruit Apple Trees. We also have cherry and peach trees, plus popular ornamentals and shrubs like Japanese holly, hydrangea, forsythia, and rose of Sharon, just to name a few. And if you plant now while they're still dormant, you give them a head start. Remember, all 13 Zamzos carry trees and shrubs, but selection varies from store to store, with more at our big stores, especially Zamzos Chinden Greenhouse. But don't wait, certain varieties do sell fast. So shop now and get the trees and shrubs you want before they're gone at Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including Chinden, just east of Meridian Road. Nobody knows like Zamzos. The Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are 677-KBOI. All right, we are back for part three the Zamzos Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. And uh, I am flying solo today, so if you have any questions, I would love to talk to you. I'd like to talk to you no matter what. Uh, but today, especially, give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Those phone lines are open, and I'll be able to answer those questions for you. If you have something you're planning on doing or you're not sure if you should start just yet, uh, go ahead and give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. So. Uh, we were talking about, I was talking about potatoes uh, kind of as we went into the last break. So I want to finish that up real quick. Um, so at this point, we've got our hole or our trench dug. Uh, you've got your potatoes prepped and it's time to plant. So what you're going to want to do, and I like to try to wait until I know there's not going to be any rain for at least a couple of days. So like when it's going to rain on Tuesday, or it says it's going to rain on Monday or Tuesday. I might wait because you've dug this nice, deep, long trench, and if it has a heavy rain and you get a lot of rain built up in that trench, that can be a kind of a recipe for disaster. That happened to me a couple years ago, and uh, just noticed that my potatoes weren't growing, and by the time I realized that they were no good, uh, they were all gone. So I like to wait. Just make sure that you don't have at least a prolonged rain. You know, one day of rain is totally fine. But if we're going to have like three or four days of rain, you might want to hold off. Wait till that rain's going to be passed before you get planted. But you can still do all that prep stuff beforehand. Now, uh, when you get your get ready to plant, all you're going to do is you're going to take your potatoes that you've cut up and you've got prepared. And you're going to put the cut side down in the bottom of your trench and just space them out. I like to give them about 12 inches or so. 
Uh, you can pack them a little bit closer. I've done that in the past, but if you can give them about a good foot in between each uh, spud, uh, they're going to have plenty of room to grow. And you want to give them as much room as you can because all the roots that come off of that are where they're going to produce new potatoes. So give them some space. And then once you get it down into your trench or your hole, whatever you've done, just barely cover them up with soil. You just want them to be, you just want it to be so that you can't see them anymore. You don't need that much, like less than an inch of soil over the top of them. And then you're just going to wait. And you're going to wait until you start to see new leaves coming out of those potatoes and breaking through that soil. So you just look for those new leaves coming up. And as soon as you see those new leaves, Put a little bit more soil on it, just a little bit more, just to cover up those leaves. And then, again, wait till they push back up. And every time you cover them, you're, the potatoes making those sprouts, and every time they get covered up with soil, that's actually more area that they can grow roots from. So you actually get about a foot and a half, and if you make it a hill, you can actually get up to almost two feet of potato roots going all the way up to the top of your mound. And then once you've got a nice mound on the top, then just let them go and be a plant. And they'll have plenty of energy to do all that and to grow. And, and, and you've got way more surface area in that, in that spot for roots to grow out and will produce more potatoes. So that's really kind of your big trick to getting a lot of potatoes off of just one little spud, and and you'll be super happy with them. It's really fun to dig them all up. Uh, it's something I always try to get my kids out to help me with because they enjoy it. Um, I think they still do. They don't actually t- – <laughs> they used to. I'm just going to reminisce about the times where they used to like to do those things with me, but I think they still do. So anyway, you get a lot of potatoes out of there. And there's a lot of other creative ways to grow potatoes. Some people will do similar a similar style where they'll just use like a tire, you know, and they'll just plant the potatoes at the bottom of the tire, and then they'll put some dirt in it let them grow up, and then once the the leaves get to the top of the tire, they'll put another tire on top of that. So they make this stack of tires. Um, there are other you know systems similar where they might use like a interconnecting uh, boards. Um, some people even use like uh, you can use like a garbage can. You can use, uh, I mean, really anything that you can plant in. Uh, but the deeper the better with those potatoes because they will just fill that whole area up. And then when you're ready, you just dig out all the soil, you kick over the garbage can, you tear down the tires, and you've got potatoes throughout that whole thing, and you get a ton of them. And that just means lots of French fries and potato salad or anything else. You might want to use potatoes for. There's lots of things. I don't need to go into it. I'm sure you have your own ideas for what to use with your potatoes. And actually, I'd love to hear them because I enjoy food, and I particularly enjoy food that incorporates a potato. So if you have any of those sorts of things, I'd love to hear from you as well. So give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. This is the Zamso's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. Uh, Let's see. So that's probably a fair amount of potato talk. So let's get into something else here. I want to talk about, um, I did notice this week uh, that the forsythia was blooming uh, at my neighbor's place. And it's one, it's, uh, I never, I always forget that there is a forsythia there until I walk out of my house and it's blooming. And then I'm like, oh, hey, it's, there's a forsythia there. That's right. I forgot. Um, but the forsythia is one of those kind of indicators that the soil temperatures are starting to get warmed up. The forsythia, the blooming is kind of triggered by your daylight hours and the soil temperature rising enough to the point. They're one of the first things that'll bloom. If you haven't seen one, um, 
Well, the chances are you have seen one. You just didn't know what it was. But you'll be driving around right now, and you'll just notice uh, a shrub that's got bright yellow flowers on it. That is a forsythia, and it's a good indicator that spring is here. I mean, we have calendars that tell us that. Uh, but what it does tell us is that the soil temperatures are warm enough. And particularly what we use that for a lot of times is a good indicator that it's time to get your crabgrass preventer down. You know, it's not the end all to your timing, but it is a good visual reminder, something that you might notice. And if you can kind of get that in your mind, like, oh, forsythia, yeah, crabgrass preventer, that's a good time to get that down. So what it means is our soil temperatures have reached uh, to a level where it's consistently around 50-ish degrees. So, And that's when the crabgrass really starts to germinate. And so if you've had issues with crabgrass before, you definitely want to make sure you remember that or, you know, put something in your calendar, help you remember. But get that crabgrass preventer down today. And when you apply that uh, crabgrass preventer, make sure that you get it around the cracks, even let it go into your flower beds as long as you're not planting anything from seed. But make sure all those little crevices and places have get that crabgrass preventer in them so that they can stop it can do its work and stop that crabgrass because it is a it is a pain once it really starts growing and they grow so fast it's hard to keep up with later in the year so today is a great day to do that the weather is just gorgeous it's nice and cool so you can do some work out there and it's not going to get too hot and you'll be in good shape. As while you're doing that, you might as well fertilize as well. If you have some seeding issues, you might want to hold off of that. It's, I would prefer to do uh, a reseeding or put new, more seed down on the soil uh, before I did a crabgrass preventer because you definitely want that seed working for you. The seed will actually do just as well in preventing crabgrass as some of your crabgrass preventers will in most areas. That can be the case. So, oh, it sounds like we got to go to a break again. So, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, we got one more segment left. We'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208 336 3700 or 1 800 529 KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Samzo, and this Saturday is the first day of spring, making this the ideal time to get rid of your lawn's weeds. At Zamzo's, we typically focus on natural solutions, but sometimes you need to bring out the big guns. Zamzo's Ultra. You see, Zamzo's Ultra contains four of the most effective weed killers ever created that each attack weeds in their own way. So if one won't get them, the others will. That makes Ultra one of the most powerful broadleaf weed killers that you can buy. Plus, Zamzo's Ultra works in hours, not days. You can reseed your lawn in just two weeks after application, and Zamzo's Ultra kills the weeds but won't harm your grass. So if you've got stubborn weeds in your lawn that won't go away no matter what you do, give them the ultimate solution. Zamzo's Ultra, available as an economical concentrate or a convenient ready-to-use spray. Because since 1933, when it comes to making even stubborn weeds go away, nobody knows like Zamzo's. News Talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at 5, it's Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. All right, we are back for part four of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I hope you're all enjoying your first day of spring. It's absolutely gorgeous out there. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of the show, if you're going to have some plans, something you want to get started, you're not too sure about, or you have something, any other questions with the lawn and garden, I'd love to talk to you. We've got some time to take some calls here before we finish up. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 
or 1-800-529-KBOI. We have Doug on the line. How's it going, Doug? How can we help you today? I'm doing good, Nolan. It's a little little breezy out there with, I see some clouds out there. Yeah. But mostly clear. It's nice. Um, on your reseeding thing, um, about a foot and a half out from my um, planter box, which is all stone, um, the grass seems to go away during the winter time, mm. and the quails seem to kick all the little bits of uh, mulch on onto the ground there, which I'm going to have to rake off. Yeah, and then then it'll grow later on in the year. But would it be good to like take a hard rake uh, along there and then just throw seeds down and then put compost or and or topsoil on it yeah i think so um it's so this is a it, it tends to go away in the in the spring is which are in the in the winter it tends to die out? yeah is it because of the yeah. traffic of the birds or are we or have you not been too sure uh, between between me and the birds you know oh, gotcha. have their have their feeders right gotcha. on my window yeah. okay right in front of that um but yeah it seemed like it comes back yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, you might. I would get that. Yeah, that steel tined rake, that hard rake, and really rough it up. And you might even, um, you might even, if it's something that happens on a, f- a pretty frequent basis, kind of like what I was mentioning to Bill uh, with his uh, planter boxes. You might grab something like a perlite, or uh, yeah, I would probably perlite would be a better one. There used to be some clay soil conditioners that worked really well that were really permanent would kind of fix that issue and if it's a traffic thing doing something like that can really help uh, alleviate the compaction because i think that's what happened that activity is just compacting it down and it ends up you know not it it just isn't holding up to the traffic real well and it's just because our soil type is the way it is but doing something like that even digging it up a little bit adding that compost kind of incorporating it back in and even some of that perlite might help that long term so you don't have to keep doing that every single year but yeah i would definitely start on something like that right right now and uh, a lot of people have been asking you know if you can get the seed down now i personally like to wait a little bit longer for seed but there's no reason why you couldn't do it especially if you've got a little bit of cover like some compost or something i was thinking of waiting until we got our water going then i can do that yeah that's a good way that's a good Um, timing too you said perlite what is that so perlite is kind of like, um, I mean, if you think of like uh, the red uh, pumice stone, you know, the red cinders that people use for mm. that. It's just like it's it's similar to that in like how it feels, you know. It feels kind of like it's just a light, airy rock. Um, and mm. it's, um, you know, you would buy a pumice stone and sometimes they're larger. You know, you use pumice stones for like uh, cleaning uh, porcelain, you know, oh, if you get like water stains yeah. or something in the bathtub or whatever you use a pumice stone for it to get that those stains I off one of those, yeah actually. so it's it's that same material it's just been broken up into really small little uh pebbles so to speak and uh it comes mm-hmm. in a you know usually you can get them in smaller bags it's kind of like pumice pumice and buying is it's like you either get you know half a pound in a small bag or you can get you know, three pounds in a really large bag. It takes up a lot of space. It's not heavy, um, mm. but it's uh, it you know it's a it's a large bag typically for most projects that you need. But it's something that's always added to um, planting p- potting soils. Is pumice is uh, a, a common ingredient in pretty much all 
uh, potting soils. Uh, and a lot of times with mm-hmm. vermiculite and some other things. But yeah, it's just a, it's just a rock. I've seen the vermiculite. It, it looks like brown um, styrofoam, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, really small. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and pumice does something is is similar, has kind of a similar effect, but it doesn't break down as easily or as quickly as vermiculite will. So, Do you guys have those? Yeah, we do. Stock? Yep, yep, they'll have them in it's stock. It's called per- uh, perlite, yeah. It's called perlite? Yep. Okay, like a pearl? Yep. And the light. Yep. Okay. <laughs> you got it. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Doug. Appreciate it. It's always good to talk to you. Uh, let's see if you've got, uh, we've got a few more minutes here. So if you'd like to get in, you can definitely give us a call. You can do that at 208 336 3700 or 1 800 529 KBOI. I was going to talk about aeration thatching, but honestly, every time I talk about that, it takes way too long. Um, so I'm going to hold off on that one. So. Uh, again, if there's anything you want to talk about, we can definitely do that. We've got some time. You can do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. As we mentioned earlier, there a lot of fruit trees came in, and today's a great day to plant. A lot of people don't think about planting uh, early. You usually... you know, A lot of times we kind of tend to hold off on those planting projects, but today is just absolutely the perfect day because it's cool weather. We've had just a rain in the last few days, which means the soil is going to be saturated. We've got rain coming up and cooler weather right now makes that transplanting, that moving from those those trees and shrubs into uh, where you want to put them. It makes the transition way, much e- way easier for them. They're going to have way less stress and doing it right now gives them lots of time to reestablish in that area so that they can grow and be ready for the hot summer. So it's a great day to start doing some of that planting. Looks like we got Carl in Nampa. Carl, how's it going? How can I help you? Oh, well, Carrie, sorry. <laughs> Carrie in Nampa. <laughs> sorry about that, Carrie. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, okay, I have a question, and I'm trying to word this correctly. I have an area that has burr buttercup. Okay, yeah. Now, before that goes... To flowering, I don't know what you call that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a flower. Can I can I just go out there and hoe it? Will that remove it? And I understand that there's going to be seeds there left over from the years that it has, yeah. you know, really you know, established itself as that is its own area. Yeah. But can I go and hoe that and at least take care of this spring's crop? And then if I hoe it, then it would just serve as a sort of a, you know, um, compost back into the soil or should i kill it um it's a good question it's a good question you could absolutely hoe it down what even if you can stop that flowering chances are you're still going to have some viable seed there that's going to still try to come up throughout the year so it's something there is this a lawn area or is it just kind of like a, a bed area well, it was um, I have I have it in an area that I want to grow vegetables. Okay. And then I have it in a neglected part of the yard that I want to kind of kind of bring back to life okay. and manage again. Okay. So I if in the neglected area, I would probably go ahead and use some sort of like a spray. Um, and actually, you could use a spray in the garden area if you wanted to. We have a ton of really good organic uh, weed killers right now. Um, we've really been focusing on that the last few years, and we've got some really great options, some that I really like to use. And I would maybe consider some of those. Aside from that, you can absolutely hoe them down. Plant something else in there in the yeah, neglected okay. area. Get something else in there to compete with it. Grass is a great way to do that. 
in your garden bed, compost. Heavy amounts of compost will help suppress that seed. Get it really thick, like two inches, and you can stop that seed from coming in and uh, shouldn't have to deal with as much. So the organic spray would work safe for the food area, for the veggies? Yep. Okay. Yep. It'll break down before you're ever even ready to plant, and you can even... What's it called? We have a couple of them. Let me take it. We're on, on the break. So let me just I'll put you on hold and I'll answer that off air. Okay. Sorry about that, Carrie. Um, but stay on the line. Thanks for calling everybody today. Appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week with Gary Yandel on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. This is Callie Zamzo, here with my brother Joss. What's this I hear about you loaning your truck to your neighbor? Yeah, they said their little truck may not be big enough to haul the over 25 bags of topsoil they need to expand their garden. Why are they buying 25 bags of topsoil anyway? It's much cheaper and easier to buy it in bulk by the yard. One cubic yard of Zamzo's topsoil only costs $29.99 and is equivalent to 27 individual bags that cost you well over $100. They should call ahead or go to Zamzo's.com for a list of bulk products available at each store. But most Zamzo's carry topsoil, certified organic compost, and decorative bark all in bulk. And if they borrow my truck, they can pick it up themselves and avoid the delivery charge. By the way, what are you doing Saturday? I don't know yet. Why do you ask? Well, all this talk of bulk soil reminded me that I need to get some topsoil. Oh no, I just remembered I'm busy that day. Joss, I was only going to ask for your help eating the burgers we're making after my day of yard work. Well, in that case, I seem to have discovered an opening in my schedule. Nobody knows. 